The Bamboo Project Podcast starts in three, two. Welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to 10 billion, I decided I'm going to help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself. And not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting the journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. I'd like to start off by giving a shout out to all the people rocking with us and supporting the channel. We really appreciate you. We are currently streaming on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. You name it, we on it. And if we not on it, we about to be on it. For everyone listening to this podcast and not watching it, you can find us on YouTube at The Bamboo Project. We have over 400 videos on our channel. Do you want to learn real estate? We got that. Do you want cooking tutorials inspired by Dr. Sabi? We got that. Do you want travel and lifestyle vlogs? Got it. Makeup and hair growth tutorials? Got it. Basketball? Got it. It's everything us. All the parts of the journey that don't make it to YouTube will be on our story. You can find me on Instagram at Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. The Bamboo Project is about turning your life into a living by making money off the things you already do every day. We made different playlists for all the things we're into, and you can find all of those links in the description box below. This may be your first time here, and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else, this is chapter 3, page 117, okay? This podcast has four different segments. We have the life update, episode playback, Donovan's questions, and the topic of the day. All video and audio timestamps will be in the description box below. Today's date is June 15th. Wednesday, June 15th, and it is 4.31 p.m. So now, before we get into the life update, for all of everybody that's been here for, you know, a minute, y'all already know how much I, I know y'all love it too. The screen time, okay? So, for this week, let's see what we have for the screen time. Oh, for everybody that's new, that don't know, okay? If I don't take advantage of my phone, then my phone will take advantage of me, so... That is why I check my screen time every week. So for last week, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, I was on my phone for eight hours and 39 minutes per day. Okay. The week before that, it was nine hours and 52 minutes. So it went from nine hours and 52 minutes to eight hours and 39 minutes. That's about an hour and 14 minutes or something like that uh my most used app was youtube which was 18 hours and 27 minutes then instagram for 15 hours then google maps for nine um the highest usage day was tuesday which was 10 hours and 21 minutes and let's see what other stats we got here i picked up my phone on average a hundred times a day so my total pickup was 700 for the whole week and my first used app after pickup was youtube then instagram and then messages so that was my last week okay so what is your screen time for the week so uh last week i spent seven hours and eight minutes on my phone 
the week before that it was six hours and 46 minutes so i'm pretty much up 20 minutes mm-hmm. um it seems like for the last couple of like weeks i've been floating around 50 hours a week which is like two whole days which is kind of crazy um but my most used app is google maps for 11 hours mm-hmm. then tiktok for 10 hours and then instagram for 10 hours my amount of pickups is 152 and yeah my total amount of pickups is 1065 that's that i don't i don't think i've ever seen a thousand that's a lot coming from thousands that's a, that's a lot of time it's up uh 11 from last week that's a lot of times what's your first use app messages my first use app is yeah this week is messages but the past two weeks it was instagram mm. wow um how many notifications do you have from messages is that your top notification app? instagram is one top notification i can see that and then um messages like so instagram is 179 mm-hmm. and then messages 151 okay um Oh, that's interesting. So I'm pretty much picking my, my phone every time I get a message or every time I get a this was, notification. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's crazy how much time I'll say I. I'm sorry, I'm gonna say I. How much time I have taken away by other things. And looking at my screen time for the week puts into more perspective. And this could be my conspiracy theory, you know you know y'all could take it how y'all want but i do feel like there is an agenda to take away as much time from people as possible so that the people who are in charge of things can keep being in charge of things um and the reason i say that is because if we look at how much time we actually have to complete the goals that we actually want to complete they are minimized and reduced so much throughout the day by so many different things so in a week there's 168 hours so let's say that uh i sleep six hours about six hours a day right between six and seven but we'll go with i'm gonna go about six right so we got six what oh okay seven times um uh seven times so it's four seven so that's 49 hours all right so you got 168 minus 49 okay that's 119 hours that i have left in the week to complete what i want to complete right um so then i'm on my phone for last week i was on my phone for 60 hours and 38 minutes so now i subtract minus 60 hours so now I only have 59 hours for the whole week to get done whatever I want to get done. It's, every time I do these numbers, I'm always, it's so crazy to me. So, okay, 60 hours. So now you divide that by seven, right? I have eight hours per day to get what I want to get done. Is it, that doesn't seem right. 49 times seven? Yeah, that's about right. Um, eight hours to, to get done what I want to get done, right? Okay, so a lot of time which is actually kind of crazy right i'm like that's still a lot of time you want to know what it is what i think part of it is our 
lifestyle tool maybe in terms of what because like if we had to work but that would be the whole right yeah if so if we if we had so yeah if we sleep go to work and then spend the rest of the time on the phone they get nothing done but it seems like we working and then are we working uh i, I feel like i've been working do you feel like you'll be working? Um, work. I don't. I don't know. Like working, sort of. Like, cause I'm like coordinating with Thomas. Is that considered work? Yes. That doesn't seem like work. I wouldn't consider that work. work. That's that's what I'm saying. So to me, I'm like, it's work. Same same thing that is. You know, pouring a drink is work. Right. That's that's why I'm like. So then. So then I guess I'm I'm working. To me, I don't consider that work, but um that is part of the work. And then calling, you know, about finances as far as what our credit cards are at and uh what else are we doing? Um I guess I'll be editing a podcast, doing a podcast, editing a basketball video. Um but so we have we have eight hours and that's our life, okay? I try to speak about myself more so that when people hear it they put themselves in that position as opposed to me telling them what to do right so um so as i will as i said i'll continue talking about me personally um so right now i have eight hours a day to get what i want to get done right so then you watch let's say i watch a show which is kind of crazy because in my eight hours that I'm on my phone, I'm watching Instagram. I'm on YouTube. Like I said, maybe it's our lifestyle, like she said. Like Melissa said, if we had a job, then we would. That would be it. We have no time left for the, for the week. For, that'd be it. Um, but because this, this is my thing, I still feel like I could be doing so much more, and obviously I can't because I have eight hours left. But you, the thing is, you are not taking into consideration like things that you're doing that's work related on your phone. Yeah, we're not counting for now. Uh-huh. You're talking about, I guess, sure. I guess. Right, because I, guess. I bet you whenever we, we drive to Philly every week, that's mm-hmm. eight hours, whatever, of just driving around that's on the phone because we use Google Maps. Like, it's stuff like that. Yeah. So, or for me, you know, going on Instagram and stuff, a lot of, oh, I wouldn't say a lot of time. Well, it's content. Either posting content, either corresponding with somebody. So it's like, the fact that I spend eight hours on my phone a day, get eight hours of sleep, I still have eight hours left to do something. Right. That's a lot of hours. So <laughs> this this was supposed to go in a different direction, but it's obviously not going that direction. I seem to have a lot more time than I thought I had. Um so going to the gym? Right now, so I've been going to the gym recently. I mean I don't know. I sound like listen, 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 listen. She must have said it's that word. I don't know if y'all heard her. So couple of things. Okay, in the bamboo, pro- you know, what is the bamboo project video? That is one of the first videos on our page when you go to our page, and it's in the the intro of the podcast. It's about turning our life into a living. So technically, we are doing exactly what we plan to do. It's just 
seems very strange because like melissa just said like i'm going to the gym in my eight hours does that count as work i, I mean i'm doing yoga i might you know work out then i you know do a little basketball stuff um i i don't know if that's work and i drive back and forth i was like because you know in the bamboo project uh uh proclamation uh-huh. fitness it is is a part of and it. sports right so are you not working Right. So it's crazy. So there's that. Because um, I still feel like there's a lot of things I could be doing or should be doing. But here's, here's, what, here's what I think I don't take into account enough. Um, there's the law of thermodynamics. And I can't remember exactly like the, the particular words of how it goes. But pretty much it's anything that has, that I guess that use energy is going to have like a excess of energy. Like a... What do you call like waste? I guess I can't remember exactly what it is, but I'm gonna try and explain it as best as I can in layman's terms. Anything that has to produce energy will also give off energy that's not being used, right? So it's like it's losing energy. So if you have a a wheel that's turning, the reason why it won't turn forever is because it's slowly losing energy or momentum as it's turning, right? And if it could turn forever, it would be uh, what is that called when it something goes forever? It'll be perpetual motion, right? So the reason that nothing or nothing in, in the world has perpetual perpetual motion is because it's always losing or giving off energy. So the reason I bring that up is because any amount. This is how I interpret it to myself or relate to myself. Any amount of things that I do. There has to be a downtime to it because I can't operate forever. So even if I have eight hours to actually work myself, let's say that I decide to go and play basketball. It's not like I can play basketball for an hour, then do this for another hour, and then just work for eight hours physically straight all the time. But I don't think I could do that personally. Um, I think that after I play for eight hours or one hour, I might need some rest. You know, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes of rest. Then I'll be fine after that. And then maybe after that, I can go and work on my finances. I might do that for an hour, hour and a half. But then I'm going to need some rest after focusing it for that long. So those little rests add up. So let's say I do that three or four times. That could be an hour of rest that I'm not accounting for because it's not actually it's not actually um, like scheduled. It's like, hey, I just got tired from what I was doing and I took a 10 minute break, a 20 minute break, a 15 minute break, and that keeps adding up over and over and over again. And now it's an hour, hour and a half, two hours. So when I think I have eight hours, I actually only have six because of the hours that I'm actually, you know, the time I'm sitting down and kind of resting. Um, so I was gonna say something, no. Did, did I send you a TikTok about um, getting tasks done using or with ADHD? Maybe. I don't know. Oh. So pretty much a guy had a bowl and it pretty much it was it was kinda of funny because when in the bowl it was like two different colors, it was blue and green. Mm-hmm. When you pick up um a task and then you pick up blue, so let's say like the task is cleaning and then you get blue, that means that on that day you are probably only only gonna um to get one thing done, which is cleaning. But you're gonna do it for like maybe three two three hours and then you're doing nothing else for the rest of the day mm-hmm. right and then the guy's like damn that doesn't sound like i'm getting much done and then he picked up another one right and it was green and he was like okay awesome this is great and then mm-hmm. he's like okay what does green mean so green means that whatever you're doing your green means hyper focus 
So whatever you're doing on that day, you're getting it done for the whole day. Hyper-focused on it, right? He went to go pick another one. He was like, yeah, you can't pick another one for like three days. Focus, you need three days to recuperate. And then you can do something else. Yes. So I just think that it's funny that that's what's talking about. Yes, that is right. That is exactly what I'm talking about. And like I said, to me, I, I always interpret it as uh, one of the thermodynamic laws or something like that. Maybe it's a law of motion. I don't know. Energy, something like that. But as Melissa was saying, I could tell myself that I'm going to do eight things today and I may be super focused on three of them. Right. And be like, OK, I really focused on these three things, uh, but the rest of the thing I'm not going to get done or. I can get the whole list done and not work for the next three days. So it's like, how do I manage doing all the things on the list? And honestly, Melissa and I were talking about this the other day. Um, I was on the toilet and she had called me and I was trying to figure out uh, how do we structure what are the most important tasks to do? Because it's almost it's like a formula trying to figure out what is the most important task how much energy does it require and then kind of added doing that formula for each task underneath it right and then also going okay once i do this task is it a repeatable task that has to come again the next day so for example like cleaning right cleaning doesn't require that much work on a daily basis but it requires a lot of work if it's not done on a daily basis so if, if we clean let's say that we don't clean for a week on the eighth day it will take hours to clean so that means that anything else on that day is not going to get done because we're going to be cleaning and then we're going to be tired and i won't do anything so it's like okay we could also each single day clean up a little bit right which is also it's a good it's a smart idea um but then how many of those small tasks do we do every day so do we clean the whole house every day do we clean just the kitchen counter every day do we clean just the bathroom every day do we clean just the floor every day and here's the thing that's only one thing that needs to be done every single day because for the finance spreadsheet that i made spreadsheet that i made i have it where i'm supposed to input each transaction i have for the day so that is another thing i have to come kind of uh, keep in mind for every single day right so now and have all these little small tasks throughout the day the larger task don't get done because all these little small tasks so now it's like okay how much how messy do i let it get by doing the bigger task and then coming it's like a balancing act how do i how much mess do i let happen before coming in to while doing these big things and that's my brain be doing it all the time I'm trying to figure out okay how do i structure these things so that it's a smooth process and that it works um and so like i said thinking about doing a podcast if i gotta edit a vid the podcast video if i gotta edit the basketball video i gotta drive to the gym i'm like okay i need to be exercise but should i play basketball every single day probably not but if i work out at the gym i might be sore for three days later now i can't do nothing else i can't move so it's just how my brain works trying to figure this out and like I, I think when we finally move and i have time to sit down in a clean environment that's like very uh like uh just like a spacious and organized i can sit down and go okay here is how the structure should be here's the best plan of action for it as of right now i'm not there so 
But uh, enough of that. I wanted to update you guys with what's going on in our life. Um, so first things first, you already know the house in Philadelphia, man. It is finally coming together. Okay, last video I said the house is about 99% done, which it is. If there's higher 99, I guess 99.87654 is where we at right now because today the we had countertops put on, right? So now I don't know if we said we bought them last week in the podcast. We probably didn't buy them yet. Maybe I don't know if we even decided to, but we went with butcher block countertops. I'll put a picture up or you guys can Google it. Honestly, I'll put up the picture of our kitchen you can see the butcher butcher block countertop what kind of rhymes um so it's just like wood pretty much think of that on top of the counter uh it's way cheaper than quartz way cheaper than granite uh a little bit more expensive than formica but i think it was worth it i do like the way it looks um personally for me i think that i will put that in every single house that i flip because why not like especially especially non-high-end flips like if it's an average flip i think i would definitely put in uh uh butcher block countertop i think i would definitely do that because it looks nice they have different styles different colors um i think depending on how you match it with the room it can look really good and again it's not that expensive you got four thousand we spent seven hundred dollars on it our kitchen is fairly large in terms of counter space and then uh shout out to shout out to the keith the family friend contractor he uh uses discount on it but he also had got two larger pieces for some reason and it costs like eight hundred dollars for all the countertops and i was just like this is great like we just saved three thousand something dollars so i'm happy about that so butcher block countertops i love saying that are in the kitchen now i saw that they put the sink in so that's great um and honestly the plumber is supposed to be there at 4 30 now i don't think he went inside yet and you want to know how i know that here's how i know because shout out to my guy tori again tori the goat he had suggested that we get a security system right so we ended up going with adt so right now the house has adt uh security on it now personally again same thing with the butcher block countertop i feel as though every house i do in the future should have a security system on it because for especially adt it's it seems cheap so here's how the, the price kind of breaks down they have an installment plan right you pretty much pay for the equipment and i guess maybe you pay like a little bit of service for it throughout the time that you have it we are paying $50 a month for this. And once we sell the house, we can transfer to whoever the owner of the house is, or we could take the equipment with us and bring it to another house uh, for $50 a month, right? So what we got for our security system is this. We have motion detectors in the house. There are motion sensors on the doors. There are uh, sensors on the windows and there's two sensors on the window one if they open and one if somebody shatters it but the back door the left window in the basement the right window in the basement the front door living room window we got the motion detector we got the basement window if you shatter it on the right and the left and the living room window if you shatter it so it's just like it's great now the only thing i i did want they didn't get were cameras 
Um, the reason that is because I guess some supply chain issue, we could not get cameras on the exterior, which is like, eh, it's whatever. I, I did want that because I feel like it adds a nice touch of whoever buys the house. But they said they were not going to have those until probably in July. So if I really do want them, I can come back and get them then. And as far as inside the house, you need Wi-Fi for indoor cameras. So we couldn't get any cameras for that. But uh, I think it's great because for ADT, they have two different things I really like. They have a smoke detector, which if it is alerted, then it actually calls the fire department, right? And then they also have the alarm system that calls the police. Now, me personally, the reason why I like that is because I always feel like if I have to call the police and I'm black and I tell them where I'm at and where the area is, they may be like, okay, we'll get there and then come two hours later. But I feel like if it's an ADT system, they might go, Where's that at? Ooh, maybe we'll pull up faster because it's ADT and has security or they help. Maybe they maybe they have money or something, you know, something like that. So I just like that they have that connection directly directly to them. And and one more thing. When you have a security system on the house, you can get your insurance lowered. So. I think that's crazy because the amount of money that we might get the insurance lowered may be the same cost that it has that it is to have the actual security system. And that's kind of crazy because so technically we'll be getting it for free. Right? It's crazy. So always get in security system. So that's in there now. Um the, right now the plumber should be going in there to put in the toilets and probably the faucets and the uh Damn, we didn't get a faucet with the kitchen. So we did go to the house last weekend. Now, there are some issues that I have. Y'all saw that the house was painted. I don't like it. Okay, there's two reasons, maybe three reasons why I don't like it. Uh, I feel as though they just painted over what was there, and you could, if you, when you're in front of the house, you could see it. Like you could see all of the imperfections underneath the paint. Like, think of a girl wearing makeup and her face is, her skin is terrible. Like, that's what the house looks like. Like, you want a smooth face under the makeup so the makeup looks better. You know, I know these things. I know. I know. So, that's what, you know, that's what it's supposed to look like. But it's a lot of bumps and cracks and this and un unlayered and this stuff like that. I'm like, this doesn't look good. So, there's that. Then, on one part of the house, as y'all saw before, the house used to be red. I can still kind of see a little bit of red on part of the house. So I'm like, I feel like y'all should have found a way to do this. Maybe they're not done. Maybe they have to come back and paint it again, hopefully, because uh, that would be crazy. Then they also got paint on the house next door. That's kind of sloppy, not really feeling that. And then as I was going inside the house, you can see it's like a, like, okay. Um, let's see how can I put this? It's not an indentation. What would you call, whatever the opposite of an indentation would be something that's protruding out right it's probably protruded by like an inch and it's just part of the house the exterior facade now where that protrusion is from the house is like maybe maybe a half inch inch you could see a gap in terms of where it's not painted it's just a, a open space and i'm like why would you not paint like it looks like you just painted over the protrusion and then painted up underneath it but didn't get in the middle of where that crack would be where the, where the two pieces meet but i don't like the way that looks i'll probably post a picture of it i don't have a picture now but i'll probably take one or a video at some point and put on my instagram that i don't like um 
So that's where that is. Uh, the basement. There's a water issue in the basement. I don't know what the plan is for that because we had somebody go out there to take care of it. I don't know if they did. I feel like when we walked in the house that day, I actually smelled the basement. And that was probably the first time I smelled the basement coming into the front door of the house. Was not really a fan of that. Um, when I went to the basement, it seemed like there was maybe mold on some of the drywall. It might have absorbed some water. But I think that was there before, though, honestly. Either way, I feel like that should be painted. We had a recommendation about getting a, de a dehumidifier to put in the house to kind of deal with that smell or deal with the water. Um, but again, I, I, that that is an issue to me. I want the ceiling to be cleaned down there and I want that water situation taken care of. And I we haven't really figured out how to take care of that water situation. Um, so hopefully the insurance call them again, they can fix it. Um, hopefully the contract has something to do to fix it. But right now I don't like where it's at. Um, but I think as far as the house goes, that's pretty much it. We're going back out there on when on saturday uh honestly we might bring a fridge to the house um that's gonna be a whole thing um yeah that's gonna be kind of crazy getting that because we have to run a truck for that um the dishwasher is current oh we dropped off a dishwasher that day on saturday so dishwasher is there the fridge is there we have to still buy a range and we have to buy a microwave um, I think that's all we need for the house as far as what we need to purchase. The cement should be done uh, soon. So cement in the backyard should be finished by the time we get there, hopefully. Um, but yeah, like I said, we we are almost there. And I had said a couple of weeks ago that I, something did come up. I'm not going to tell y'all yet. Uh, I'm making a phone call between now and Saturday. And then we I'll update you on the next podcast about the content of said phone call to see what the update is on that. But that would be the icing on the cake to finish and top off this story, because this has been one of the craziest ridiculousness rides ever of my life. I think out of everything in my life that I've been through, this is probably the most taxing. Let me think. We think it's more taxing this or Italy. <laughs> oh, I would say this or bike messaging. Mmm, that is a good one. Um, I feel like bike message bike messaging was better because I got money from it. I felt like I got paid. I was playing basketball. Other than when it rained, it wasn't really bad. Like when, when and the the highest high of of bike messaging far outweighs the high so far of this. But if what comes through for over this weekend, then I think this would probably this would, this would probably be better. Do I know? Okay. Yeah. So so I'm just kind of like. Cause if we if we get paid like a handsome amount, this everything was worth it. Like if we get a check and we get to put fifty k in our account or sixty k, if we put anything over thirty k in our account, anything over tw I would say twenty is nice. Anything over thirty k, I feel like it was a win. It was a win. It was a win for me because technically we may have still lost money to some degree, right? Because you want to count all expenses from now. You know, as far as like interest every single month, I think at 30K, we probably would be negative. But if we get to 50 or 60K, we made money. We made money. 
we made money and i'm gonna be like yo this is crazy like like damn like we really made money after all of this shit crazy so you know whatever um but i think as far as the house goes that is the extent of the house um now on to the next life update i have been going to the gym okay uh been doing a little bit of basketball and a little shooting around you know uh i haven't really hit the weights that hard i did a little bit and when i say a little bit i did two exercises uh i did like a uh what are they called like deadlifts I did like deadlifts, uh, but I did it with 30 pounds dumbbells. And then I did like uh, like leg raises for my core. Because what I've noticed, what I'm trying to work on is stretching out my legs. And I feel like my core is not very strong. And I think I feel it in my back and in my stomach. So I'm just trying to, just slowly trying to test to see where I'm at. Um, I'm getting back into it. We're not there yet. However, what I have been taking pretty serious, if y'all see on my Instagram, is yoga. Now, today, man, listen, I be trying my hardest to do these exercises. I be trying these stretches, and I be, I be, I be there. I be with, I be with her until she add two more on the top. I be like, yo, you ODing. So okay, there was two today that had me soaked, that had me fucked up. The second one. It's going to be tough trying to remember it. But the first one, I'm like, yo, she's ODing. Here's the first one, babe. I'm gonna, and I'm curious if you could do this one. I feel, like, I feel like this one might be hard for you, but I don't know. So, everybody listening. For all the women out there, y'all are probably very flexible. Um, because, you know, y'all have men. And they want you to be flexible. So, you know, that comes with the territory. You said what? Whatever. I said, listen, that's part of, that's part of it. I, mean, I had one girl. Yeah, that's what you think. You think uh, being put in back shots is a it's a yoga position, and so is the legs up and all of the other ones. That's all yoga positions, okay? So I remember I had one girl. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Her legs could not missionary. Her legs could not go at all to the side. I was like, I'm so turned off. Like I remember pushing her legs. To the, I was pushing her legs to the side. I was holding them, and they kept snapping back against my shoulders. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Like this is this is really bad. Like it was. The, the amount of space between her legs was so tight, I had to squeeze my shoulders together to get in there. Like, that's how tight that was. That's crazy. Like, that's a small amount of space. Like, that's crazy. But anyways, here's the yoga stretch that we did that had me fucked up. So, my kryptonite and my Achilles heel is sitting uh, Indian style, which is with your legs crossed, right? Fucks me up every time. Getting better at it, but fucks me up. So, this time, she said... What we're gonna do is we're gonna sit Indian style. I said, okay, I'm getting there. She said, then you're gonna put your hands behind your back. I said, okay. She said, then you're gonna cross your fingers. I said, okay. She said, you're gonna put your shoulders back. I'm like, okay, this is this is getting a little, a little bit harder, but I can still do this. She said, then you're gonna put your 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 uh <laughs> you're gonna put your arms parallel with your shoulders, right? Then she said, put your head on the floor in front of you. I was like, um, <laughs> I'm like, you want to try it? You can try it. You can try it. Right, you try it in the bed. I'm going to see if you can do it. All right. So, here we go. Let's see going to try it. You got, you, got to, you got to sit further back. Sit further back? Yeah. You got to sit further back. Trust me. You're right there. Probably good. All right. So, now, uh, you got to put your arms behind your back. You got to lock your fingers together. Like, like this. All right. Interlock them. And then put them straight out. Right? Now make them parallel with your shoulders. Right? Now make your head touch this. 
Damn, that's crazy. Couldn't do that shit. I mean, fucked up. But I was fucked up in there. Um, but at the end of the day, yoga is a crazy thing. Uh, shout out to all the women in there that would be putting me to shame every single week and every day I go in there. Uh, I am I actually getting more flexible, though, which is kind of crazy. Uh, my hamstrings are definitely more flexible. My hips don't, they, I don't know if they like being stretched. They, they, they don't like that at all. They just, what? Right, I'm gonna be yeah, dancing. So they, obviously my hips are, st- are stiffer than I thought because those exercises are the ones that really be having me fucked up. And honestly, anything with my groin, which I am now realizing might be part of my hip, is what be fucking me up the most when it comes to stretching. So for all the guys out there, you probably have good hips. Shout out to y'all. Uh, but me, I'm not one of those guys. So I'm doing getting better at yoga. One day they're gonna see me doing poses like, oh my god, I remember when he was. Yup, that was me stiff so yes melissa has also been going to the gym how has your experience been at the gym so far melissa every time i sneeze my stomach hurts oh she's been doing core and her shit is fucked up her whole stomach is is in shambles laughing can't do that uh i haven't coughed but i'm pretty sure that would hurt Mm. um last week i think i did back Mm -hmm. i did back i I went to the the gym three times so i did biceps triceps before i did back before i think on my second day and then the last time I went, I did core. So the thing that I'm gonna focus on next time I go to the gym is my legs. Okay. Yeah, I have like I, said, I have not been serious in the weight room yet. I've mostly been kind of getting cardio with basketball, and also not only cardio but because I love basketball, I go to the gym to, to do workouts and I end up playing basketball for three hours. So it's like, you know, a balancing act. Um. But I do want to start, you know, putting on some muscle because when I was in there doing curls, no, what was I doing? I was doing a Romanian deadlift. Um, I remember looking at my arms and my arms are big-ish and I can see my triceps more now, but I think it's funny because I've never really seen my arms with fat like this. So it's weird. Like my arms are you are as big as they were before, but before they were muscular. So when I would lift something, all my muscles would kind of pop out through my arms. But now it's like maybe only my tricep and I just see a lot of like fat on top. So that's an interesting thing to look at. Um but we get in there, you know, slow and steady is what I'm thinking about. I'm not trying to rush that into it. Um I'm just, I'm just getting back in, in in shape and my most important thing I'm working on is flexibility. But as far as the house of Philly goes, right, my mom went with us out there and there was a guy when we were leaving. He was like, yeah, man, I really like your house. Uh, I was like, thank you. And he was like, yeah, the inside looks really good. And my mom was like, oh, you should ask him how he knows that. And I, was, I didn't think about it really till we walked away. And I was like, is that a legitimate question to ask? Like, cause my mom believed that people out there have no who broke into the house. Like, that's what she feels like. Um, I don't necessarily know if I believe that per se, but, you know, it is possible. But I thought it was a very interesting thing for him to say he likes inside of the house because I don't know how he would have saw it if he, he was inside the house. I mean, if the door's open, maybe he saw that. Maybe he saw the stairs or something because, you know, we have some floating stairs in the house. So. Honestly, the board. I think the board in the front window is not really placed properly. And it wasn't there before. So then that could be it. Yeah. Um, that could be it, I think. Mm. So that's that's a good thing. Um, I feel like I'm talking kind of fast. So I'm trying to slow down with that. Uh, okay. This is the last thing for the life update. Tori 
sent me an Airbnb squatter video. So yeah, he sent me a Airbnb squatter video, right? And pretty much it was crazy because this, this lady had rented her house for Airbnb. And when she came back, the person decided they were not gonna leave. So as she's telling the story, the lady walks into the kitchen in her bonnet and her, her her sleeping clothes and just goes into the cabinet and goes back into the room. And I'm like, oh, she's oh, she's still here, like as like in this house with you right now. I'm like, this is a crazy scene. So now she's recording, talking shit about her. And the woman's walking back and forth like, you ain't going to do nothing. I ain't leaving. Call the police. I don't care. And if you touch my door, I'm going to call the police on you. So don't touch my motherfucking door. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And the girl's like, oh, she's mad rude too. Look at her. Mad disrespectful. So... I just I just thought it was crazy that that even happened, right? So uh, he may have said that because of the last video about Airbnb, but I do have this kind of feeling that we might we probably shouldn't do Airbnb. I'm getting this this small feeling about it. Uh, so obviously you know what happened with the Air Atlanta Airbnb that didn't work out. The Philly Airbnb was a debacle. The F house in Philly was supposed to be an Airbnb that we have, but that didn't work out. We we gonna have to sell that one. Um, and then they changed all the laws in Philly, right? Uh, Atlanta changed the laws. We we're gonna move down there, so those laws are pretty much done. And you remember Sean from Airbnb Automated? So he hasn't really posted videos about it, but I did watch a video about him today. If you don't know, his channel was called Airbnb Automated. Well, it will be changed soon. I'm going to tell you why. And he was kind of talking about in that video a little bit about how Philly has changed the laws for Airbnb. Most of his Airbnbs are in Philadelphia and Texas. He said that also in Houston, they have a lot of properties that are losing money right now. I don't know why they're losing money. He said they also, I, I think they changed some laws in Houston too, maybe, but he's definitely losing money in properties he has over there. And he was like, yeah, you know, we have a couple things we're going to try and do to change it and make money, but we're losing money. So there's Philly, they can change the laws and you only have a property if it's CM, CMX3, which is a commercial mixed unit, which is pretty much in a... Uh, commercial area like hotel areas and his house in Houston are getting fucked up so I'm just thinking about it I'm just like are these reasons not to do Airbnb like, I keep feeling like like all that once maybe I'm looking for it. I don't think I'm looking for it I don't think I'm looking for it for sure I definitely do not think I'm looking for it it's just popping up about why is it shouldn't be done now as far as he goes they emailed him and told him they no longer want him using the word Airbnb in his video, like in his uh, thumbnails, in his Instagram name, on his YouTube name. They don't want him using the logo on the, the page at all. Airbnb automated used to be the Airbnb logo and then the same thing inverse. That was his logo and underneath said automated under Airbnb. So now when I watched the video last time, he had an X through it, through the Airbnb logo. It just said automated, automated, right? So I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Um, and they say you can only use the term Airbnb if you are like, if it's kind of like regular, like a sentence, like, hey, I do Airbnb 
for this or have a short-term rental course on Airbnb, but they don't want you like using their logo and their name. And they said, you, they don't want you saying BNB, they don't want you saying Air, they don't want you say Airbnb, and another one that they said they don't want you using or their, whatever they call their logo. What happens if you use it? Like, I don't know. They probably could sue you. For what? Making money off their logo. So they're talking about thumbnails and titles? They're talking about him specifically. Right, but in, in his thumbnails and titles. Everything. Because like, he can't say it. He could say it, but like, he, they don't want a confusion. A brand on it? Yeah, they don't want a confusion of people thinking that he's associated with Airbnb. Mm-hmm. So that's what they had. They want him to change the Instagram, all of the stuff. They're like, we don't like that. Stop it. Damn, I've never seen that before. Right, from anybody. I'm like, that's crazy. They care that much. And I'm like, he's not a huge, like, YouTuber. He has 200,000. I'm like, maybe that's a lot. That doesn't seem like a lot to me. But they were like, no. So. They worry about the wrong things. <laughs> and you know what's kind of crazy? Now, that's a, that's a great point. People get on, on their platform. That's, that's what he said. He was like, he said when they were smaller, they would have loved that kind of press because it's free promotion. But he's like, not that he said they have an actual brand protection team that they want to protect the brand of Airbnb. Because they doing the wrong thing. Right. And that's why I think you said it's a great point about them uh, worried about the wrong stuff. They are worried so much about the image of Airbnb and they're not worried about actually making it a good product. And this is, a, I guess, a hot take, right? That's what they say on, on podcasts and, and uh, interviews. I think Airbnb is not going to last. It's not going to be a long-lasting company. Um, They're going about it the wrong way. Yeah. I think unless, you know, I decide to buy it or something like that, you know. Um, because it is out. They A lot of what they put their money into is hiding these stories of, like, how crazy Airbnb gets how it's banned here and not allowed here or restricted here you can only have one unit there they don't really talk about that kind of stuff like publicly they trying to they try to suppress that that's the thing too i don't know what they put them i guess that's what they put their money into the brand like the I'm, marketing yeah the pr which is nice young. nice nice pictures on the on the because, app like the way i see it i feel like they would they would, you would think it would behoove them to put more money into lobbying or something like that, like to help with the laws that's shutting people down in these areas. Or even like, because I know you feel like if they put in too much, like you have to do this and that, too much regulations for the app, that it is like, am I employed by Airbnb? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, and I feel like there's steps up before you get to that line where it's like Airbnb is telling you what color your bed has to be in, how many people could be uh, in a unit at once, maybe. I mean, I feel like that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to keep that. Mm-hmm, but, um, like, there's a, I think there's a difference between kind of nitpicking, like, okay, you have to be at work at 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. or mm-hmm. you have to wear a uniform or you have to use a schedule to do this and do that. I think that's more like employee type of um, language but I think having either security checks that Airbnb is doing for both like the whole but see here's the thing and the um guests this is this is the problem that I think and this is why honestly you see you guys can hear here first 
this is the real bubble that's happening. It's these companies that are not employing people. This is the real bubble. I don't know when it's going to pop or how it's going to pop, but I'm telling you that's the real bubble because they are trying to skirt DoorDash, Uber, WeWork, Airbnb. The list goes on and on about companies that are doing this 1099 contracting thing. So if if they have to if Airbnb has to be the one responsible for a background check, if something goes wrong, who's on the hook for that? Because if as a, as a person that has a unit, I'm going to say, hey, you ran a background check. You let them here. This is your fault. I'm suing you. Mm-hmm. Right. Then anytime they have to put their foot down and stuff like, and stuff like that, they're going to have to take responsibility for it. Then Airbnb has to change. Because that's the thing. Airbnb is trying to be perceived as two uh, opposing things. Like what? They're trying to be perceived as a company that owns all these places. That's I don't. I don't think so. I feel like they are. I don't think so. I feel like they are because I feel like if that was the case, it would be more of a separation, kind of like because what they actually are is a marketing platform, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not. I don't think they are making that clear to people when they uh, put all these listings up. So I think when people come on Airbnb, they kind of have an idea like they're going to like a Hilton or like a Marriott kind of. Thing. I don't think anybody thinks that. <sighs> no, not anybody. But because the reason why I disagree is because I think that people go to Airbnb because they know it's not a hotel. I think they know it's not a hotel, but I think that I think people understand that distinction. I don't know if they understand the other part, which is like you're staying in somebody else's home. I do agree with that. Because uh, for some people, you know, they own multiple properties, so it's not as intimate. But for other people, it's like you're staying in somebody's home. So it's kind of like when I'm looking at Airbnb, because I know how the platform works, mm-hmm. I, I understand that it could go either way depending on yeah. who I'm staying with. I do. I, I see what you're saying because I do. I do agree that. Uh, when something goes as a as a customer, when something goes wrong, they think it's Airbnb's fault. They think it's Amazon. Right. They like they're like, yo, why did you not? Uh, why did Airbnb not know that it was gonna be rats here or something like right. that? And then that's an Airbnb. Like they like, well, that's not on me because I'm just a marketing company. But you're not telling people that you're just a marketing company. That's why. That's why the problem is. Because everyone is looking at it, like I think legislators or whatever, they're looking at people, they're looking at it like, okay, Airbnb has some sort of control over all these companies, they own some of it, they do something, they they are the overcasting thing as opposed to looking at it like, okay, these are places that people have listed on this website for me to choose from to stay at. Yeah, and I think I think what comes with that, and this all comes, comes a part of marketing, I think when you go on a platform, because all of the properties look the same in the sense of like what framework they're inside of, it appears as if it's Airbnb's unit. Because like, let's say that each listing is a square with a picture of a kitchen with the name of it and then the thing. As opposed to like, if you go, if you go on like Craigslist, you're like, this shit looks crazy. Like it's different size pictures, the the the, the words look different, the different size fonts, and all types of different stuff on here. And then honestly, yeah, when you look at these places, I think that's what they would, could do maybe differently. Mm-hmm. They don't have any names or 
pictures associated of the person that owns it associated with these images. That's the so. thing. But people, people avoid that on purpose. People who put it up there because like they go, hey, I'm black. I own this. I don't nobody know about this. Sure. That's true. But I think that's part of the problem because now when I look at these images, I'm not thinking about people who individually own them. Right. And that, that's what I was saying too, as far as how it, the uniformity of it, it looks as though these are all owned by the same person. Right. They don't even have a name or a company name yeah. or anything like that. Right. I, you know what's crazy? You know what I think? Right, I was gonna. What you just said, I think that that would be the best thing it could do is if it said underneath one of those pictures, if it says home of X person, home of X person, home of John, John's home, Sally's home. Oh, like no last names, no. No, not even that. It's like, cause let me let me see that. Let me see your laptop. Okay, so it says Osage Beach, Missouri. 1,007 miles away, October 10th to the 15th, $813 a night, five stars. It should say underneath $813 a night, uh, John's house. Whatever whatever name you have as your um, account name, it should be right here also. Yeah. So that, like you said, like I can tell, okay, I who the hell is John? Cause you gonna look at it like who the fuck is John? Oh, this is oh, this is actually John's house. This is Sally's house. This is Tyrone's house. Like oh, okay. If I if I've never used Airbnb before, cause when you I think when you click on it, you know obviously it tells you who owns it, but I think it's all the way at the bottom. But either way, like going through it, you'll understand that. But if I'm just showing up on the website just like as is, I'm just gonna think like oh, okay. Honestly, I would probably think that they're the corresponding person, not even the person that owns it. But looking at that page makes me feel like, okay, this is all owned by Airbnb. Right. I would think that the person was hired by Airbnb. Like, they work with Airbnb. Like a, like a Zillow agent. I said, I just think that that is crazy as far as um, what's going to happen in the future. I do believe that at some point, Airbnb is going to lose to either a competitor or the market is gonna shift because it's I, I just same way how Uber is kind of like bullshit now. I think Airbnb came after Uber in terms of how big it got, and I think it's going to be very similar. Um, I just don't know how it's gonna happen, but it could be these laws. The same thing that that stifled Uber was a lot of the laws, and then the people that they hired because it's the same process. When you don't hire people, you don't really vet them. So now anybody could put something on the platform. If you are, if the platform represents you as Airbnb, then anything that happens bad on the platform will also represent Airbnb. So if you guys are not gonna vet them, it's gonna look bad on y'all. And the more these stories keep piling up, some point somebody's gonna say, "Hey, um." Yeah, we need to do something about this because this is terrible. People getting uh, kidnapped in Ubers. People getting robbed in Ubers. Uber is not picking the people up. At some point, people are going to go, yeah, I don't really like Uber no more. And the reason that is because Uber is saying, yeah, you know, we're focusing on getting more people on the platform. We're not focusing on uh, uh, how good the platform actually works. We just want to make sure more people are getting on. We have this mm, super high, uh, what's that that word? People, people come in and out. Turnover rate. And honestly, I don't even know what Airbnb turnover rate is. I'm assuming it's high. Like, it probably takes longer, but it's probably high, huh? What counts as turnover? Like, deleting your account? I don't know how many people actually delete accounts. Like, yeah. 
so yeah i would probably you're right that's a good question i would say their their rate of active users is high and i think they they should how they rate an active user should be how many bookings you get in a certain amount of time and how often you're on the platform you know changing things because there's that guy that had the listing in philadelphia where we were going to stay that was on there forever ain't nobody staying in there they're just there so honestly, if somebody were to ever do the Airbnb financials or the Airbnb um, audit, I think they would find out there's a lot of funny business going on, and a lot of the statistics that they have out are probably not very true. Um, so, and then, like I said in the last podcast, as far as how much money can be made, I really don't even know how worth it it is in terms of what i want to do because this house right here right this is this is an amazing house this is an amazing house um i'm gonna see it's called i'll give you guys what it's called you guys look it up it's called iconic glass mansion huge views best location in osage beach missouri united states hosted by luke it's 16 guests five bedrooms 10 beds four and a half baths right he wants eight hundred and thirteen dollars per night. So for five, so let's say if he gets booked out every month, every day for the month, he would make. Let me see, eight thirteen times. Um, it's a lot of money. Times thirty, it's twenty four thousand dollars. I mean that's not bad, but I, this is my this is my thing. What is the upkeep of this house? What's the price of the house? And are you booked out every single day? Probably not. He has 31 reviews. So, like I said, and this is a super house. Like, this would be the best house to get. But then what happens is when anything happens in the economy, these are the first houses that don't get booked. Nobody is going to be, I mean, I'm not rich, so I don't know. But I would assume that people book these houses a lot less when the economy is not doing as well. That's the same thing with Turo and a supercar. That's just my assumption. Um, but, you know, that's that. Now, I'll move on to uh, we, to episode playback and then topic of the day. So, episode playback. Oh, actually, one more thing. So, before I get to that life update, Melissa is dropping an EP this year. Okay, so music will be coming out this year. Uh, she has a song from maybe a year or two ago, which we might have played at some point. Maybe I heard it way, way back in the podcast. That's one of my favorite songs that she's made. This new one she just did with somebody, Darius. His artist name is It's Pico. What is it? It's It's Pico. It's Pico. Um, that song I like also. I, here's how I know I like a song from Melissa. When I be walking around the house, kind of be in my head like, mm -hmm. I be like, oh shit, that should be in my head. Shit stuck in my head. That shit, kinda, that shit fire. So both of the songs were like that. Whenever I hear them, that happens. Um, so I I want to play a, a snippet of it on here. Um, I'm gonna try and figure out if there's any gonna be any copyright anything like that. Um, if it's not, I'll try and put it on here. I can hear. saw you this way you looked at me like that it was a shame i thought you knew me better or so you claimed or so you claimed 
At least the intro of it, you know, we're gonna drop by the end of the year. Uh, it's gonna be seven songs on there, right? Eight songs, ten songs, okay. Seven. Mm -hmm. Anything you wanna say about your EP that's coming? Um, I'm excited. I'm mm -hmm. super excited. I pretty much have two songs at mm -hmm. this point, so, and I, I think I only, really, I started working on it, what, last week? Mm -hmm. So, it's 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 gonna be i i'm hoping for it to be done by my birthday uh, so you know shout out to that y'all gonna see that coming out um and just uh tori texted me and said that the federal reserve raised interest rates by 0.75 percent which is the most since 1994 amid effort to slow inflation so like i said guys we are at the literally on the cusp of this house and we are trying to get out as soon as we can so we're trying to get done and clean our hands with this uh now episode playback uh last week i think i did lack energy i think i have more energy today however i think it's with more energy i speak faster that's always another balancing act to try and figure out how to speak have energy but speak slowly i think it comes like the ebbs and flow of how i speak i think that helps so what i was trying to say last week about how i approached being a bike messenger was that each platform that i use whether it be postmates uber doordash caviar grubhub was increasing my marketing and my funnel right if i look at it from a business perspective that's how it would be um because each platform is marketing me as a messenger and the more platforms I'm on, the more people will see me. Um, and then getting the e-bike increased my productivity. So I was able to move faster and be marketed more. Um, so then, like I said, once I was able to be marketed more and have an e-bike, I was able to then carry more orders from different platforms at the same time. Uh, however, this is the term I was looking for last week, it's diminishing returns in terms of how much I work as a messenger because the more I work, as you said earlier, then I have days where I don't work because I'm so exhausted, which is why I had to get the e-bike, which helped with that. But even with an e-bike, it lowered the diminishing returns, but they're still there. Um, I don't really want to have as much as those. I want to continue to keep having, or at least I want to have my diminishing returns be at a greater amount of money, not making $2,000 a week. So that is that for that. And now the topic of the day, I don't know if I brought this up before about being successful. I believe that there's a psychosis or a psychoticness to being successful. And recently I watched Alex Hormozzi video uh, maybe it was a reel or a short or something. Um, I think maybe Tori sent this to me. And it was the three things that he feels like or he had read that someone else said you need to become very successful or hyper successful. Here are the three things that he said. One of them was you have to f have us feel superior to other people. Right. That was one of them. The second one is another one or the second one was you have to have impulse control. And the third one was you have to be insecure. Now, when I heard that, I had to sit down and think, okay, do I fall into these categories? If so, which ones do I believe that this is a true statement? 
Uh, if I do, then how would I try and fit more into that or at least identify what I have and what I lack so I can work on that? So I do believe one for sure thing is needed to be hyper successful. And that is insecurity among. I think that's probably the most important uh, trait to being successful. And I say that because wanting to prove that you are, I mean, that's kind of crazy, but wanting to prove that, or wanting to be validated, I, I believe comes from insecurity. And I think that wanting to be validated means that you're going to do more work. I think that means that a person will go the extra mile because they have this inner drive to be validated for being good at something. So the majority of my life, I have tried to suppress that feeling of being insecure or seeking validation. And as I know, I have talked about this before. I think that that has been done to my detriment because I think that with that insecurity comes a certain level of drive that I tend to not have. So Melissa and I got to talking about it and we try to figure out, okay, you know, what things do we feel like we have, which ones do we, can we work on? So out of the three, the two that I feel like I have are the superiority feeling. I feel like I'm great. I feel like I'm an amazing, phenomenal person that like majority of stuff um, and better than most. That's how I feel. And I also have impulse control, which is something I worked on because I was able to suppress a lot of those impulses that I have. So I don't really get riled up about things. I'm usually very uh, relaxed and calm and just kind of just carefree. That's kind of personality. And that's because whenever I get a feeling, I suppress it immediately. And then I try to calculate why I'm feeling that way. I try to calculate how can I change it? What's causing me to feel that way? And I just kind of go deep into thought about where that's coming from. And that helps to control the impulse of making a decision, right? Now, when Melissa and I talked about it, her two were the superiority and the insecurity. But she lacked the impulse control. So we thought it was kind of funny because like, okay, we both definitely feel like we're amazing. Right, we hear she hears somebody music. She's like, "Yeah, I can do better than that." I see someone doing business. I'm like, "Yeah, I can do better than that." I see someone playing basketball. I'm like, "Yeah, I can do. I can definitely do better than that." But most days, I feel like, "Yeah, I can do it better than that person." Um, and what? Same. Right. That's almost, right. So now, the like I said, Melissa's thing was insecurity. She seeks validation, and from that, I feel like she has a an internal push or drive whether and it's not even a conscious drive it's more of a uh what's the word i'm looking for um mm, physiological drive honestly where it's almost like she feels super super uncomfortable to not be validated by doing the thing that will make her more successful if that makes sense so an example. Uh, let me think of an example. Yeah, let me think of an example of that from Melissa. Hmm. Let me see. 
I was going to go with the one with the heels, but I don't know if that's one. So, okay. I think this is a good example. This is, this is my example. So, there was a time that Melissa had saw this video on Instagram, right? And it was some girl doing some type of limbo with heels on or something like that, right? And Melissa at Superiority Park came in. She's like, yeah, I could definitely do that too. I could, I could do that for sure. And like, I'm like, all right, cool. That's fine. I got whatever. Um, but then the validation part came in. We had to prove that she could do that. Now me, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be like, I could do it. I know I could do it. I'm not going to show you. I don't have to prove to you I could do it. I know I could do it. But Melissa, on the other hand, is like, no, no, no. I want you to know I could do it. So I'm going to show you I could do it. Right? I don't have that. And I personally think that it's a physiological response that she has where it's like she just feels uncomfortable to not do it. On my part, and we talked about this before, I feel uncomfortable trying to show that. Right? Same thing with the car scenario from a couple of weeks ago. I feel uncomfortable trying to show that I can get to the car uh, to get my parking spot. If y'all know, y'all know. But Melissa, on the other hand, would sprint down the block to get the parking spot. I'm not going to do that. Right? So, from this conversation, it made me think. I'm like, okay, how how could I add more of that into my, my diet, right? And the more we talked about it, I started feeling like it's not an insecurity. I think that is one of the problems with how I perceived Melissa and how I perceived seeking validation. So that was one of the reasons why I was not doing those things. And I think that it's less of a insecurity and more of a pridefulness as opposed to insecurity, right? And it's the pride of showing, of being proud that I did this thing. So, and proving that the thing can be done. So once I kind of switched that framework in my head of it's not seeking validation, it's being prideful about what you know you could do, it kind of helped me to just change my mindset on how I approached different scenarios. One scenario in particular is at the gym playing basketball, right? So I know that I am usually the best player in most gyms that I go to. A lot of the gyms that I go to, right? Um, but I don't usually say anything. I just kind of just chill or whatever. I just play to play or whatever the case might be, right? But I'm like, there have been times in my past where I'm like, you know what? I feel like being on my, on my bullshit today. So I'm going to be wilding. And I don't do it often, but I'm like, you know what? I should probably do that more often because I should take pride in doing what I know I'm good at and showing other people that to let them know, listen, I am better than you at this thing. And I think personally, maybe it's a generational thing. I feel like when I, this generation is a little bit more humble. They want to be humble but to a fault. Um, so that's another topic for another day, but I feel like having the pride in being good at something is now a direction I'm trying to push myself more into. Um, as I saw on the podcast, sometimes I will be more prideful or proud, um, vocally, you know, but, uh, 
but yeah so we'll be back here next tuesday you can find all the behind the scenes content on our social medias mine is donovan gray d-o-n-i-v-a-n-g-r-a-y and my phenomenal beautiful amazing girlfriend anita burn a-n-e-t-a-b-u-r-n you know what it is hashtag bamboo project 2022 you almost done with the house all right and with that being said bamboo project out <laughs>